I think that it's about people, perseverance, discipline. You know, always being positive, always being thankful to be able to even do what we have done. She's life. Maybe all in. Give it your full heart. It's just the hero's journey. This is How to Fairy Tale. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, back to the How to Fairy Tale podcast. I'm here with my amazing co-host, Miranda. Hey, everyone. <laughs> who's also my beautiful wife. And we are here with an amazing guest. His name is Sean Canungo. Sean Canungo, I just have to say a few things about him. He has just been fantastic. Uh, I've got a chance to work with him. Uh, he is a disruption strategist. He helps people uh, just um, and companies see like the long-term vision and what they can do in innovation. Um, he speaks all over the world. He was in Dubai last time I texted him. I mean, he's just all over doing amazing stuff. You've got to follow him online. Sean, thank you so much for coming on today. Well, thank you so much. It, you know, I uh, it's a big honor to be on this podcast, How to Fairy Tale. I've been I've been listening to every single episode. So if you've gotten this far. You know, in this episode, just rate, review, follow, subscribe wherever you are. You know, Spotify or where, wherever you are, um, because I think you guys are putting in uh, uh, some incredible work into this and getting some a uh, really cool guests. And so, um, yeah, just honored to be on it. And you know, it's been a pleasure and an honor working with you, Paul, um, over the last uh, I would say year, um, helping me with the bold ones and your your ability to storytell. And just take some of my brain dumps and ideas and like random thoughts and texts and putting them into magic. Um, it's been really, really cool to see. And uh, so, you know, anything now, you know, now that we're buddies, you know, anything that you need, I'm here for you. So, uh, and you, Miranda, of course. Um, so, no, it's it's cool, and I'm, I was excited to jump on this pod. Awesome. Well, we're stoked to have you. Uh, so The Bold Ones uh, is a book that you have coming out and it talks a lot about disruption um, and how an individual can disrupt themselves and, and how companies can do that. We want to talk about that a little bit later, but I, I kind of want to give people a glimpse into your life and like where you come from and what you did. And so you're Canadian, which is amazing, um, but give us a little bit of your full background because that's not all about your background. So give us a little bit of the story of Sean Canungo. <laughs> Yeah, no, I uh, I am Canadian. Um, you know, I grew up, you know, South Asian. Uh, my parents uh, immigrated from India, came to this country in the 70s. And, and my brother and, and I were born in a place called Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And, you know, we had a very, uh, I, I, I think we, we had like a very traditional background, you know, South Asians living in this country where your parents wanted you, you to be a, like a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, like do something really safe. So growing up, right. You know, my parents were, you know, they were a little bit risk averse, to be honest with you. I came from a risk averse environment. And so I remember going to school and, and, and then getting into university, you know, thinking about what I was going to do. And, and you know, I had that sort of risk aversion uh, mentality sort of ingrained in, in me. And, and the first route that I chose actually after university was accounting and uh, did accounting for a couple of years and then uh, quickly moved into management consulting, which where I found more of my passion, which was helping organizations with strategy and then later on innovation. And then during the way, I, I just kept on experimenting and trying new things and, and discovering my passions, uh, whether it was starting like an app company with my friends or starting a creative film group or just getting involved in more video stuff. And then in 2018, I left Deloitte to start my own 
own thing, where I advise organizations on innovation disruption, started speaking around uh, the world on this topic of uh, of innovation and and uh, you know trying my bet in 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 putting money into these different ventures and uh, you know along the way just learning more about myself and innovation and. Um, yeah, it's been a r- wild ride. I have a, I have two kids. I got a, a, a six year old and I got a, a three year old and, uh, you know, it's, it's been, uh, it's been a fun journey so far. That's amazing. I'm sure you can hear the excitement and energy in Sean's voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forbes actually called him uh, the best keynote speaker ever. And it was just, uh, it, that's, it truly <laughs> comes through when you, when you're listening to him. Um, and it's been really cool to see when the pandemic well, hit, this was, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, you know, I, you know, I, I, I appreciate the uh, the kudos. I think it was the best virtual keynote speaker I've ever best seen. Best virtual before. keynote speaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, but slight nuance, <laughs> slight nuance. I, I, I see a lot of people introducing me. They're like, oh, the best, blah blah. blah. And I'm like, I just want to temper it a little bit. Um, Make sure. No, Tony Robbins you, no, I was gonna ask you, Paul, because you know, obviously, we we've been working. Um, so closely together over the last year, and Miranda, like what, what, like what, like I'm just curious from you, like what was your perspective, learning a little bit more about me through Paul and 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 you know some of the conversations mm-hmm. that you guys had together. I'm just curious. You know, it's so interesting, and that goes back to one of the questions that I wanted to ask you. Um, but I think it's so cool because you started off in accounting, like you said, something, you know, somewhat safe and a little bit more risk averse. And then you've ended up somewhere which knowing, you know, not knowing you directly, but knowing of you and hearing about your energy and how you love people and you just love to be where all the excitement is. Um, yeah. You have truly ended up somewhere where A, you're making an impact and B, it really seems to be a great fit for you. And I think that is so cool, um, especially how you got there, you know, starting in accounting and that and then now where you are today. And um, yeah, I think that's awesome. And a lot of people we've talked to, they have also ended up kind of in a great place that's a fit for them and where they're doing something that they love and they're using their gifts and their skills and they're making an impact. Um, and my question for them is always, how did you get there? You know, cause when you're a little kid, you're not like, oh, I'm going to be an innovation strategist, you know? So yeah. how do you, how do you get there? If, especially you have your own kids, how do you kind of walk them through that? and kind of help them find what excites them and what they're good at and kind of find the spot where that, you know, meets. Yeah. You know, you know, and I love that question. And, you know, listening to the other podcasts that you've had, um, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say something similar to what they said, mm-hmm. but to me, it, it's, um, I think Chelsea, uh, your friend, Chelsea, mm-hmm. yeah. she had a great, uh, she kept on saying this in the podcast that she was, mm-hmm she was, you know, constantly betting on herself. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she, she followed her passions. She followed where interests are. And she, she ultimately bet on herself. And I have just been running that playbook, Mm -hmm. um, you know, from the beginning, which is, which is, um, you know, jumping where my passions are and being able to continuously bet on myself and, to be honest with you, I've been on a, a whole bunch of other things that have never worked out. And I think my the, the number of failures that I've had in my career um, are extraordinary. But I w- what I always see is that whenever I bet on myself, mm-hmm. um, I always end up uh, winning. And yeah. so I, I, I just feel like I... I, I need to continue to run my own playbook because, or, or, or continue to bet on myself. And, um, you know, that's how I got to the, to the point where I am. I mean, there's a number of different frameworks and things that I've done, uh, that have sort of helped me 
along the way. But, you know, that's what I would say. You know, one, one thing that I wrote in the book, The Bold Ones, um, and this concept that I really believe in was this idea of try to get yourself fired. I, mm. I remember going into work every single day and going up the elevator and saying to myself, how do I get myself fired today? This doesn't mean like, you know, punching somebody in the face. This means right. <laughs> how do you like take a small risk today that might change your trajectory or the trajectory of your organization? Mm -hmm. And what you'll find is that 99.999% of the time, you're not, you're not going to get fired. And you're just going to push yourself and you're going to push the people around you and your organization. So I try to keep that mentality going, you know, even when I'm working for myself. Um, and, and, and um, it's just like taking that little risk every single day and, and it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's paid off. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting you say that. So I have a question that I love to ask. And the first time that I asked it, Paul looked at me like I was crazy. But um, sometimes when we're a little bit stuck in life or something, I say, well, if we were in a romantic comedy or a Hallmark movie, you know, Hallmark Christmas movie, what would we do? You know, and it kind of forces you to be to kind of redirect and figure out where you are. And a lot of the things that we've come up with at first, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm not doing that. That's insane. But we've done them anyway. And you're right, like nothing bad happened. Most of the time, something good came out of it. You know, yeah. so I think, um, and even, you know, somebody else on the podcast, Wade, said this too, yeah. like reframing that risk and like not being afraid to take those risks and really kind of moving those out of the way so that you're free to go after uh, what you really need to go after. Um, I think that's so important. And I think one thing you've done too, Sean, that I think is always, uh, has been wild working with you is you always said like, let's take the moonshot. Let's do the moonshot mm -hmm. route. Like if there was over two choices of anything, you're like, what's, what's the one that could have the biggest possible payoff if everything went perfectly right. Let's do that one. And yeah. I remember there's a story that you told, um, if, about the, uh, when you were at Deloitte about the, uh, getting the premiere to come. Yeah. Um, can you share that little, that little bit of the story real quick? Is that cool? I just love yeah. that story. Yeah. So, um, you know, in uh, at Deloitte, I was running. Uh, I wasn't even running. We, you know, we wanted to bring all the business leaders, you know, in the region together uh, for a particular reason, and we wanted to build some momentum around this space. We really want to own this idea of innovation, um, you know, in the region. And so, we thought the best idea was to, you know, create this lightning strike. You know, grab people, the business leaders, together across the. Uh, region uh, across the province, and so the the premier of Alberta, she is she, she's basically the governor, um, and uh, I remember looking around the table. I'm like, who should we get for the, you know, for the dinner, and uh, you know, people, you know, saying the people like in their network, and I'm like, no, we need to shoot for like let's 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 shoot for somebody, and I'm like, why don't we get the premier? And they're like, okay, like, do you have a connection to the premier? And I'm like, no, I, I don't. But, you know, I just, I basically was, uh, you know, uh, I was persistent. I emailed, I went through like the contact form and emailed and followed up and got connected to a whole bunch of folks. And, you know, sure enough, she agreed to come. And the same thing with Apple. I remember like, oh, we should get Apple to help sponsor this because, you know, the, the iPad just came out and, and they're like, well, do you know anybody at Apple? I'm like, no. But, you know, I, I called Cupertino and I'm like, hey, I'm we're, you know doing this thing, and I know we, we you know we're going to develop a part. We, we'd love to develop a partnership around what we're doing. And then, you know, Apple's like, yeah, let's go. Like they delivered a whole bunch of iPads for for the event. So it's like, to me, it's like the ability to, um, you know, just just say why not, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and, and 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 the idea of a moonshot is being, you know, being audacious with your goals and your mm -hmm. dreams, and mm -hmm. that's just the 
I think we just don't do that enough. We 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 always have these limiting beliefs of of what's possible, and and sometimes mm-hmm. it's just the matter of just trying it and doing it and mm-hmm. going for it, and y- y- you never know what's going to happen, right? It, yeah. It's that. So that's that's the beauty of moonshots. Yeah, that's something we learned from you actually, because as you you know this already, but we've been working on another kids book and um, about. Yeah. you know, a, a big Thanksgiving parade. And um, we were like, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we got this, you know, big company to partner with us on it? And, you know, I was pessimistic. I was like, ah, oh, they're never going to write back. And Paul was like, you know what? Sean would say to go for it and let's just find their email. Let's just email them and let's just do it. And so we did. We found their email, emailed, I don't know, 20, 30 people there. And sure enough, they wrote back and they were interested and, you know, they're thinking about it. And um, yeah, that's something I never would have tried, but that was totally your idea of the moonshot and just going for it. And, um, you know, even if it doesn't work out, like we've lost nothing, you know, so it's, we build up this risk and these ideas in our head of all these catastrophic things that can happen if we try when really it's the opposite. You know, if you don't try, it can be kind of catastrophic. So yeah, I love that. Love that idea. Yeah. And, and I think I love that. And I love that you guys were persistent because I, I think that's the other thing is that if you want to try a moonshot, you have mm-hmm. to be persistent around, around just, but just pushing. That's why, you know, I, I was telling my wife this, you know, I would really want my, my kids to learn how to like sell knives. I don't know if people do that anymore, but like, you know, go door to door and like mm-hmm. try to sell knives or sell something because yeah. That ability to get rejected constantly over and over, mm-hmm. having the door shut on you, I think that's actually a great thing. I think, yeah. to, and and learning that early, like learning that m- amount of direct rejection, I think you mm-hmm. just build this muscle of, okay, I'm just going to go to the next one. Um, yeah. Something yeah. incredible with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's one thing. So Paul and I both have a performance background and, yep. you know, 99% of your job is going to an audition and getting told no. And maybe one out of those hundred auditions you go to, maybe you'll get a second chance or, you know, get the job, but it's just being told no, no, no. Eventually you're like, okay, that's fine. You know, that's just another day in the life. But um, yeah, I think it's so important to learn that no, and then tough, you know, become tougher. And I'm sure Paul told you this too, but, um, you've heard, you know, Bob Goff, he did something similar with his kids. Um, yep. they wanted to reach out to all the kind of heads of state or presidents, prime ministers of all the countries. And they wrote letters to them and they actually ended up getting to, to meet some of them, um, which is really cool. So yeah, just trying everything. And, um, yeah, I think that's really, really awesome. Um, yeah. So what, how do you teach that to other people? Like, how do you, how do you, other than the like, hey, just go get rejected. Like, how do you get other people, especially when you're at conferences and stuff and you're talking to, you know, people that are in their day jobs, how do you communicate to them if they are risk averse? Hmm. What, what do you pass on? Do you say, go practice it? Like, what is you, mm-hmm. what, what do you yeah. tell them to do? Mm-hmm. You know, the, I, I think the problem is, is that, you know, pushing people with that information, they probably already know that. And mm-hmm pushing it to them, I think it's just going to turn them off. And so um, changing somebody's mind on that is, um, you know, it's very difficult to do. I think de-risking it for them is the Hmm. easiest thing. So I think, um, you know, being able to say, uh, you know, tomorrow, just take a very small experiment that, you know, might push the the needle just a little bit and just develop, you know, it's like going to the gym, right? You want to build... You, you don't go and lift the heaviest weights. You go in and, and you, you, you know, you do the five pounder or the 10 pounder. I think Paul, we talked about this too once, which is like, you know, you go to the gym 
you know, uh, just to, just go to the gym. Don't even, don't even, right. j- don't even lift the weight. Just go to the mm-hmm. gym, and then mm-hmm. the next day, just get the five pounder and the ten pounder, and then you will build a muscle for for solving mm-hmm. big problems. And I think the problem with the whole idea of you know failing or or innovation in general, I think a lot of people like. They think that it's this giant exercise. They think that this giant yeah. experiment where, oh, this it's too transformative. How do I go off and do that? When when really it's just starting and, and just stepping in out, you know, outside of your comfort zone just a little bit, and then a little bit more the next day. And, and I think that's you know, that's how you go about and doing it. Not to say that you have to go off and take moonshots. I th- I think that's still important, but you know, taking these small bets um is, is how you start. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Um so so you've listened to every podcast episode so far, and we're so thankful for that. Um, yes. but that means you've heard everything. And the way it started was we were dissecting the Cinderella story and we said, How does yeah. somebody get to a happy ever after? And we pulled out all of these qualities like discipline, you know, being willing to take risks, like we've talked about. What's something that you think is a key to kind of reaching your dreams, getting to your happy ever after, whatever that means, that has not been discussed? So, so I wanted to qualities? so I knew I so I know this that you know, this is how. Uh, the po- podcast started, but I want to mm-hmm. challenge both of you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you the question. Is it, is there a happy ever after? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the goal at the end of the day? Are mm-hmm. we trying to achieve that at the end of the day? Because isn't life a journey at the end of the day? Are, you, you know, is there like that fairy tale story at the end? I'm trying to challenge the underlying premise of this entire podcast. I want to ask right. you, do you think that it's, you know, you're like, you reached this goal and now you're happy. I don't know. I don't know if I believe mm-hmm. that. So I, I want to ask you guys if, if, you know, what you think about this. Yeah. So, and I think we're in an interesting place in life where that's a great question. So, um, you know, we worked at Disney World for what, I don't know, combined 15 or so years. Um, And that is such a high, you know, like you're performing every single day, like, I mean, at the, the biggest show place on earth, and you're surrounded by all this amazing stuff and all these amazing people. And you're just like, the energy is so high, you know? And we both got to a spot where we felt like our time there was done and we left, you know, I went to business school, um, you know, graduate program, which is a a big downer from Disney world, still valuable, but it's just like, emotionally, that's a a big drop off. You know, then we, we got married and we had kids and that is, we are in a rough spot right now. We've got a little baby and a three-year-old, you know? And so like, we went from this high up mountaintop to half the day I'm covered and spit up or who knows what else, you know, it's just a big um, difference. And we actually ask ourselves that a lot. Like what is happy ever after? What's the difference between that and success, you know? Um, and for me, I think that you, you go through kind of phases, you know, um, us working at Disney World, where we met, where we started dating, that was a huge high. You know, that's kind of like the first happy ever after peak in life. Um, And now we're kind of in a valley. We're working back up to the next one, trying to figure out um, what is that next dream? You know, what do we do next and how do we get there? And what does that look like? So I don't think it's necessarily one long journey and then you get a big happy after and you're you know, perfectly happy. Um, I think that there's a lot of little ups and downs, 
but along the way you're learning to be fulfilled and you're learning um i think for me the biggest thing like the way that i would define happy ever after is you're using kind of the gifts and talents that you have to impact other people um you're yeah. making a positive difference in other people's lives um and i've we've noticed that the people who are you know quote unquote living happy ever after living their dreams or successful um are doing that they're fulfilled and they're content even if they're not doing what they always dreamed they would be doing or um you know there was one person we talked to who was like what we would all consider super successful and he wasn't happy um and he wasn't fulfilled and he his life was heading down in you know pretty dark um path and he switched it around and he's not doing what we would all consider would be super successful right now but he's much more fulfilled so that is something that we've um wrestled with and that's my take on it but you probably have a, yeah what a are we, what are we in, Paul? that's fascinating yeah uh i think it does build like line upon line like like things come and you keep you take it and you go go again and so when i think of happily ever after i would say i do i do think that's a thing um but it, I don't necessarily think it's happy. I think it's like mm -hmm. fulfilled ever, ever after because you take that one and that's fulfilling and then you move on to the next one and then you move on to the next one. And so I, I think when I think of happily ever after and Cinderella and Prince Charming mm -hmm. riding off on in, in some horses in a carriage and like leaving, <laughs> I'm like, what I'm actually thinking when I hear happily ever after is that they went on like a bazillion adventures mm -hmm. together. That's what I'm yeah, thinking. I'm not yeah. thinking okay. they got to a Funny. castle. And I'm, they stopped there. I'm thinking... Mm -hmm it's inherent to me that the story, like this is the beginning of their story. Mm -hmm. Like right. now that they found that thing that they needed to like accomplish everything, they're going to go out and, you know, Flynn and Rapunzel are going to take out the bad guys. And then, <laughs> then they're going to meet Prince Charming and Cinderella and like, you know, conquer this other universe. And then they're going to like, like, I just like imagine that this is like the tip of the iceberg. Um, and I think every time it's supposed to be, different and like waves that come like when you're surfing like you surf one wave and then you go back out and look for another wave. you don't look for the same wave you go try to find a different wave mm -hmm. um and i think that that is a continuous process so i guess i do think that there's a happily ever after but i don't think it's a one goal i think that it is like a continuous thing and it keeps getting mm -hmm. it's supposed to get bigger and it doesn't always mean that you're more successful it might mean you learn that like taking care of your kids is more important than yeah you know, like working at disney world you know and that's like a character well, development thing mm -hmm. so yeah so so i think i think uh so that's interesting because yeah when obviously when i heard you know about the podcast and the origin and what it was mm -hmm. called you know to me it's like okay that you you get to a point and then you're now happy you know to me um you know it's interesting i was talking to a, a friend recently and i asked him the question i'm like like, what are your dreams? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we're almost, you know, we're late 30s. Mm -hmm. We have kids now. Like, what are your dreams? And he was like, like, what do you mean? Like, I, you know, like, I, you know, and he had a great job and, yeah, he has kids. And, and it occurred to me that not only him, but many people that I know, um, when you get to a certain point, when you have kids and, you kind of establish your career that your dreams die or you, you pass off mm -hmm. your dreams to your kids. And I think, um, I think to me, happiness mm -hmm. is that you are constantly in a state of dreaming and enjoying mm -hmm. dreaming. And mm -hmm. you are, um, you, 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 you're, you're being fulfilled by pursuing dreams and the dreams might mm -hmm. change. They might evolve, et cetera, but you're in the process of still dreaming. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think for my kids, 
that I want them to see that I am still dreaming. Mm. I want them to see that I am still trying to chase my dreams mm-hmm. um, and to show them that like your dreams never die. And mm-hmm. to me, that is the most important thing that I can teach to my kids is to mm-hmm. continuously dream. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I don't know if you've seen the the movie Tangled at all. We've seen it probably a million times in the past <laughs> week. But um, yeah, but I love that. They talk so much about, about dreams, you know, and I think one of the most critical things in that movie is they talk about finding a new dream, you know? So the whole movie is Rapunzel, you know, trying to find the lanterns and she sees the lanterns and she's kind of got this like sadness about her. Like, what do I do now? You know? And I love that find a new dream. And it's kind of like Paul said, you're going from one thing to another. Um, But I love what you said about continually dreaming because we've noticed that a lot is that, you know, people our age or especially once people have kids, they stop dreaming or they give up or, you know, it becomes something insurmountable and they just settle and they're content where they are. And there's nothing wrong with that if that is your dream. But I think you, I love that idea of like just continually having that that fire in you. Um, and I think one of the biggest struggles that we've actually seen in the people that we've talked to yeah. is they've all done something really incredible that really fits with who they are. But the hardest thing is walking away from that and going on to something different or something new. Um, and I think that's why you yeah. see, you know, like sync is still making comebacks, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, go do something different. That's not all that yeah. you were made to be. You have so much more in you, you know? So I love that yeah. like con- idea of, continually dreaming. Yeah. And, 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 you know, in, in the book, uh, you know, Paul and I write about the idea of, you know, disrupting yourself, right. Mm -hmm. We we, we talk about the idea of, you know, going, you talk going up the mountain, you know, it's like, how do you go down the mountain? Right. How do you Mm -hmm. go from, you know, we're always chasing, we're trying to go up this mountain. We're trying to go from mm-hmm. zero to a hundred. The question is, how do you go from a hundred to zero? Mm-hmm. How do you yeah. ultimately disrupt yourself? And mm-hmm. to me, um, you know, the, 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 the idea of doing that and, and letting go, I mean, that's, that is against our own, it goes against our own status, our own identity, how people look at us, or, you know, in the world or how we look at ourselves. So mm-hmm. it's daunting to think of you doing and doing something else. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's why I, I love the idea of continuously trying and continuously experimenting. Because when you do have to make that drastic shift or when mm-hmm. you do have a new goal, that it's not going to be this like giant drop down to zero that you've built the muscle around mm-hmm. going down that mountain. And because it's going to come, I mean, at some point it, it has to. And so you constantly have to, um, you know, d- try new ways of doing things. I, I think it's so important. Yeah, I totally agree. And one thing I wanted to talk about in your your book, this is one of the things I just love that you did in Bold Ones, was you take this diverse group of stories and experiences. I mean, you talk about, you can talk about hip hop artists, you talk about business leaders. I mean, you talk about pirates. pirates. I mean, you got everything in there to talk about disruption. Um, Tell me like after we've like researched the stories, because like people can read the book, right? And they can see that stuff. But now that you've got it all out there and you've seen, you had to do so much brain work, what, what do you think it is that is the the continuous like thread that you were like, man, this is the one I didn't see coming. Like you saw a lot coming, but what was the continuous thread on all these disruptors that you did not see coming until you got to the end and you're like, oh my goodness, here's this thing that's run through hundreds of years of disruptors. Wow. Wow. Um, you know, I think it's something that we um, 
to me, it's something that we didn't write about or, or, or I guess it was kind of like, it was the, it was the through line through everything, which was this, uh, this ability to be um, just relentless and hungry and, and just continuously uh, pounding to, to, you know, reach your particular goals. It was the idea of, and maybe because other people have, have written about it or it's been it's been talked about before about the idea of grit um mm. the idea of sticking with it um because when you're disrupting at the end of the day you're doing something different you're doing something that is against the status quo you're doing something that looks like a joke and so in order to stand in that fire you have to be able to continuously uh, be able to stand. And that takes a lot of grit. It takes a lot of uh, persistence to, to be in that fire. And as we look throughout all the disruptors throughout history, modern day, um, pop culture, historical, it, it, it's actually the, the, the individuals that can stand in the fire the longest <laughs> and, uh, and be ridiculed to a point mm. where now you know, they can now ridicule others because they stood in that fire for so long. And mm. uh, I think that's something that we didn't explore. But to me, it was, um, I think that's the piece. But I, I think the most surprising thing about writing The Bold Ones and, and, and seeing all the folks that we researched and seeing all the folks that we featured was the, 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 the there's so many ways to go off and disrupt. There's so mm. many ways to go off and be bold, to be dangerous. Um, um, whether it's taking, you know, lightning strikes and 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 um, you know, being able to understand what your gifts are, being able to understand when it's your moment, to um, to util utilizing media in new ways, to um, you know, ultimately disrupting yourself. There's so many ways that you can be uh, disruptive, and I think that's the cool thing is that is that there's not just one way to be disruptive. There's so many more ways. And um, it's just cool to see that people just take, are able to disrupt in, in, in you know, by taking their own paths. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, that's what I found inspiring. I, I think one of the stories uh, at the end uh, about uh, Hat Shepsut, um, and she was, uh, you know, it's hotly, hotly debated, but uh, potentially like one of the first female pharaohs that was like yeah. a full pharaoh. It, and I think, to your point, what was interesting about her, and I got to research so much of it, you know, I got to condense this down into like a one or two page story, but I was like reading books and like um, watching little documentaries and all kinds of stuff was that she was like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, we don't know for a fact what she was thinking because this is thousands of years ago, but from looking at the literature and looking at what she did, it looks like she was like, I'm going to be a female Pharaoh. And that was like the most ridiculous thing she could have thought at the time. And she just like went with the ridiculous and she's like, no, that's what's going to happen. And then she found ways to make it reasonable enough to people where they kind of accepted bits and pieces of it. But it's like what you said about Kanye when someone asked him like, yeah, I was hey, just a man. We're, we're, we're like, we're, it's like telepathy. <laughs> we're like, I, or, or yeah, like I was thinking the inside exact thing. Yeah. So go on about the Kanye thing. Yeah. About Kanye, when they were like, he just won these Grammys and they were like asking, like, oh my goodness, do you ever see yourself here? Like winning the Grammys on this album, da, da, da. And he goes, yeah, I always saw it. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I, I saw it. It was everyone else I had to convince. Exactly, and, um, exactly. And I think that's one thing you're saying is like standing in that fire. I think having that crystal clear vision of like, 
this is what I'm going to go after. And it doesn't really matter how silly everyone else thinks it is or like what goofiness they're going to call. Like I'm, this is, I'm going to make this a reality. And I would say, yeah, a lot of people mm. we talk to, like, I mean, you got Wade, Dr. Uh, Nancy Grayson, um, you know, Wade was like, I'm going to start an airline. And he's like, yeah, 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 shooting yeah. hoops with his, his friends playing basketball. I'm like, what are you talking? You can't just start an airline. He's like, yes, I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can do it. Yeah. And he just, he did it and people did think it was crazy. Yeah, the one thing that I wanted to dissect in that podcast is why, you know, why did he think that while playing hoops? I what, what was it like I, <laughs> to me that was like the thing. What 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 was the why playing hoops? Did he think about starting an airplane? We got to go back to him and ask him why. Yeah. But um but I, there's another guy, you know, that we didn't really like explore but um um, in the book, um, you know, I, I kept on bringing examples around Mr. Beast, which is Mr. Beast is one of the biggest YouTubers in the world oh, today. Yeah. And and his story is really inspiring because he always talks about the fact that, you know, he was a YouTuber, um, you know, back in the day when, you know, you know, becoming a YouTuber is like a cringy thing. Like, why would you take this? You know, why would you do this? And he, he's, you know, the, all the people around him thought he was a, a a joke, but he just knew he was so persistent. He was so, he he was so maniacal of becoming something that, who knew that was going to be profitable at all? And then he just persevered and now he's the biggest YouTuber in the world. And because he knows that, he knows that platform better than any other human on the planet, better than YouTube themselves. And he just believed. He just had this unbelievable conviction to believe. Uh, and whether it's Kanye or Hachette's, Hachette's foot um, or, or Xingxi or like all these people that we featured... Um, it's uh yeah it's it's cool to see them have that conviction yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. and i think that that's uh yeah that's and i think that's one thing you actually learn at least i've learned the conviction to like follow through on something and just know that it's going to work that actually that does take experiences like you cannot just learn that like Mm -hmm. by like picking up a podcast or a book like you have to go through some stuff to, to go ahead and take that the bigger and bigger bets on yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't just jump out one day and do that. To your point earlier, you got to start somewhere and exercise that muscle and actually build that conviction mm-hmm. in yourself. Like, this is going to work because that can be tough when people mm-hmm. are telling you it's not going yeah. to. Just out of yeah. curiosity, you know, all those people that you mentioned and then kind of in your story a little bit, you mentioned betting on yourself. What, when you guys were working on the book, what role did other people have in these kind of main characters' stories, if any? You know, were they mostly like, I'm going to do this? Like you mentioned Kanye, you know, it was he kind of just on his own, I'm going to do this and nobody kind of came around to help him or were there people that came around and helped all these people? I I, I think the... um you know, it's it's really it's really um, romantic to think that every disruptor, everybody, mm-hmm. you know, every innovator is doing themselves. But mm-hmm. the reality is that you know there there are, and they they don't get the love, they don't get featured, and unfortunately, in the book, you know, we don't we don't explore all the people that sort of um, help them out. But I think I think at the end of the day, when you are a disruptor. You are you will start. We, we talk about this idea of you know having one true fan mm-hmm. and the ability to um you know convince that one person can convince that one follower that your path might be the best path. And so every single disruptor at some point was able to gain that one. And then after that one, they were able to gain another and, and mm-hmm. another. And it is important to uh, be able to, you know, build build that followership or build that that support group around you. Mm-hmm. Um, even though some people, 
even though at the beginning, may, maybe no one would believe, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's really important to have a, a, a partner that, mm -hmm. you know, a spouse or a partner who, who believes in you. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, one of the luckiest things that has happened in my life is that I met my future wife in math class when I was 16 years mm -hmm. old. She was sitting right behind me. Mm -hmm. And, you know to take the number of bets, to take the number of risks that I've taken throughout my career and have somebody be supportive of that mm -hmm. and uh, be willing to go through that fire with me. Mm -hmm. um, to me, that was the luckiest break that I had in my mm -hmm. life, right? Because I would, I might end up with somebody else that would, would be like, mm -hmm. you know, don't do that. Like, why would you, you know, why mm -hmm. would you risk what we're doing today? So, so like, and I'm sure there's lots of people, uh, lots of disruptors that have those people around around them. We we didn't totally feed, but that's a great book though. The mm -hmm. the, the 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 partners, mm -hmm. the, the men, women, children of mm -hmm. the of the of the disruptors and what they had to yeah. go through. Yeah, that that would be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one thing that's awesome about you, Sean. Overall, and anyone who's touched your network at all, anybody who's been involved with you at all, you always take your opportunity. Whenever the the light hits you, the spotlight hits you, you take it and you shine it on everyone around you that you possibly can. I feel like that's one reason you've just attracted and uh, been such a magnet for such talent with uh, with all of the stuff that you produce and with video and like your amazing virtual keynotes um, and all of that stuff. I think it's because people are excited to work with you because anytime a spotlight happens to hit you, you like push it onto somebody else and everyone's like, man, I just want to be around Sean some more. So that's... Uh, I appreciate that. Well, yeah, no, I absolutely. I think it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's to, to me, it's, it's the, the greatest, the greatest joy that I get is being able to have pe the the people around me um, succeed and 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 see them, you know, uh, do amazing things. Like as an example, you know, I've been working with this production crew, Bad Films, uh, two brothers, Mo and Mazin, over the last number of years, especially during the pandemic when the when the world sort of collapsed and and nobody was doing ver you know in person events. We rented out this theater. Uh, in in Edmonton, and we started doing virtual keynotes at his theater. We'd rent this thing every single week, and and have um, you know do all our content in there, and it was it was unbelievable. And just to see those guys and to see where they're at today, um, it's it's inspiring. And I'll call them today because you know we're busy and we have a bunch of stuff, and they're like, Sean, I'm, we're we're not available. We're we're busy. And that actually, I'm I'm excited for them. I'm like, yeah. you guys are now killing it, and. And I want to bring us together. We're working on something um, on this, like we, we shot like this special, uh, which we're like shopping around right now um, that we shot uh, a number of months ago. And like, I'm like, you guys, you guys are the, you know, I want you guys to be front and center around the production and, and, you know, have your name on this thing so that, mm -hmm. you know, if this goes somewhere that you guys get the love and the attention that you deserve. And to me, that's the greatest joy is seeing people if i can you know get other people to rise i mean that that's that's the greatest gift hmm. that's, that. awesome. that's a great yeah great well, well sean i know people are going to want to follow you online and stuff where can they find you at and like where's the best place to follow you 
Yeah, well, before you follow me, um, I think you should you should follow this podcast, and uh, <laughs> you should subscribe, you should rate, you should review uh, because they're putting in the work. And then that's the first thing. And then the second thing is you can find me anywhere. Uh, I'm Sean Kuningo, um on every single platform: LinkedIn, TikTok, um, everywhere. And um, yeah, you can connect with me. And then the bold ones is out now. Whenever we're dropping this, it is out and. Uh, I will actually, you know, if you don't mind me doing something, Paul. Yeah. I'm just I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read the acknowledgement section. I'm gonna read it. It's gonna be like the audio version. Uh, this is like I'm gonna do this in the audio book, but I'm I'm gonna read it to the, everyone just so that just people know how much work and effort you put into this. I'm gonna read it. All right. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Can everyone stand up? I want to give a standing ovation to Paul Fair. Paul is one of the greatest writers and storytellers that I had the pleasure of working with. We spent months together over Zoom during the pandemic, flushing out these ideas. He would take my half-baked stories, brain dumps, and hundreds of pages of YouTube transcriptions and turn them into magic. He would push me and extract every piece of information from my mind... And then he would do it again. I would never have been able to do this book without Paul's immense talent and dedication to the bold one. So I just want to say thank you, Paul. And um, yeah, really appreciate uh, everything you've done to to make the bold ones um, a success. So thank you. Man, that is, that was beautiful. Wow. That was, that was amazing. Thank you, Sean. Seriously. Thank you so much, man. Um, it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, if you can't tell from listening to this, I mean, I'm sure you can. It's just uh, Sean's an amazing person to work with and to interact with in any level you possibly get. Find him, stock him down, make sure you go to one of his events, do something to get in Sean's, uh, in Sean's world. And, and I've never met anyone who hasn't been ex- incredibly inspired by him um, and just wanted to just create and do things after talking to Sean because that's what you'll want to. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Sean, thank you so much for coming on today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to How to Fairy Tale. You can find all our episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to stay up with our show, suggest a guest, or ask us a question, we'd love to hear from you at our Instagram handle, How to Fairy Tale. <laughs>